Welcome to the Mixed Movement, where we speak candidly about the uncommon commonalities that people of mixed race face in our world today. Here, we listen, share, learn, and acknowledge that through our stories, we are all connected. We are your hosts, Nate, Chris, and Rachel Go. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we have a very special guest with us, and her name is Melinda Hale. Welcome, Melinda. Thanks so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing very well. well I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. Well, we are very curious to hear a little bit about your story, primarily focusing on raising your beautiful baby girl. Yeah. And how old is she? She's two and like five weeks. So she turned two in March. Oh, congratulations. That is such a fun age. Yes, it is. It's a challenging age. Absolutely. It's fun for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are African American and your husband is Caucasian. He's white. Yes, correct. Yeah. We can say white. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, you are black and he is white and you yes. have a beautiful biracial baby. Yeah. How long have you two been married? We have been married for 10 years. It'll be 11 years in December. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So we were married for, you know, seven years before we decided we wanted to have a child and traveled the world together and um, really strengthened our relationship and, and, and where we were with our careers and our life and everything. So it just felt like the right time, you know, there's obviously never a right time to, to have a kid. It's just, you just have to eventually do it when you get to a certain point. So we are very stable. We bought a house, like did all the things we had a dog first. So yep. we're like, okay, it's time to have a child. And um, you know, our relationship has always been, just really, really great. Just a really strong connection and very understanding of each other. And, you know, for me, I I grew up in, excuse me, a predominantly white city in Santa Barbara, but I was a very pro-black parent. So I was very lucky even growing up in surrounding where I wasn't around a lot of black people that they always tried to find black people for my sister and I to be around so that we would have those experiences and be connected to our culture and and be proud of our race, despite what society kind of was uh, pushing us to believe about, about black people in the black community. So I was very, very, very lucky for that, uh, that I had very wonderful parents that were big on education and big on culture. And, uh, we went to the only African-American like historical church that was in Santa Barbara. It was an AME church and it's now a historical landmark, which was really, really, really That's cool awesome. and emotional. Yeah. So, um, bringing kind of that experience into my relationship and now being a mom, it's been really rewarding actually, cause I'm very lucky to have a, a progressive, open, and um, willing to listen husband. And I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have married him if I didn't think that that was going to be the case because I'm very open, yeah, I love uh, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it matters. It matters. And I'm very, 
very forward with my pro-blackness in the stanzas and, and, and the feelings that I have and what I do in my work of just being a, a performer, also being a podcast host, doing a lot of projects that are surrounded um, on social justice. So it's nice to have a partner that is very much um, on the up and up and, and very um, aware and yes. not ignorant yes. to, to, to things and also just in how I want to, to raise her. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that is wildly important. I'm just curious if, did you guys have conversations prior to getting pregnant about maybe some of the challenges that you may face? Yeah. I mean, in general, we, we, we've always had those conversations because we're in an interracial relationship, right? So that's just kind of inevitable. People that may not still be, even in 20, you know, in the yes. 2020s, still be okay with it. It's like, really, are we still having these conversations? How It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't either. Let me. people be who they want to be with, right? Right. And like, obviously, we know there's history with black and white relations, and I obviously get that. But I think when you find people that aren't really a part of that negativity and are willing to see uh, what the history of this country is and work past it and do the work. Like, you know, you, you have those people, right? And I have those people yes. in my life as well. And he obviously was one of them, which is why I married him. But in conversations about raising our daughter, I've been very forward that like, what my parents did is what I want to do. And he's not against that at all. He knows that Yes, he is half of her, but she's black, right? Right. And that's just that's just how it is. She's biracial, but she she's black, and she will experience life as a black woman, right? And so, Absolutely. I want her influences and her experiences to be positive, and I always want her to see positive black role models in the way that my mom did with with me and the way that my dad did with me. So that's what she's really surrounded by. And I'm really, really grateful for that. I always want her to be in classes that are extremely diverse. I don't want her to have the experience that I did of being the only black person in any of my classes, right? right. I don't want that to be her experience. So I'm very, very adamant about where I take her in terms of classes or environments or playdates that she has with, with people, I want to make sure that she's having a well-rounded experience as a child because I think we know that kids learn things very, very early. They do. And if there's a, a racial preference in any way, shape, or form, that will also inform their own preferences as they as they get older. So if they see that the people around them are only white to get to have these experiences, she will naturally think that that's just something white people get to and maybe she's just special or has an exception. But rather than thinking this is the normal, this is the norm for everybody to be able to have this experience, for everybody to be able to do that. And so that's what's really, really important to me because I don't think people understand how impressionable kids are at such a young age. I mean, even at two, I'm making sure she's always in diverse areas. So just for parents listening, you know, it's very important to to expose your children to different races, different ethnicities, different cultures very early on. Absolutely. So that diversity isn't diversity. That is just what's just that's, normal. That is, I think that's beautiful that you are very aware and focused on mm-hmm. exposing your child and not, not letting her for a moment feel like she's different. 
Yeah. I think that that is extremely important and very, very, very wise of you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Have there been any experiences that come to mind where you have had to explain to people that this is your daughter? Because she very much, from what I've, what you've shared on social media, by the way, your family is absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, But she does have lighter skin than you. Mm -hmm. Have you Mm -hmm. been approached or asked or been in a situation where you've had to kind of clarify or, or even your husband that, no, this is my child. Yeah. No, I haven't. But I love this question because I definitely think out of the two of us, I clearly would get it. And that's unfortunate because that's just how society is. I don't think anybody would question my husband when he's alone with Sienna and they're out because you would just assume that's his daughter or maybe she's adopted, whatever. She actually does look a lot like him. It like is upsetting to me because of all the work I've put in. I'm like waiting for her features to turn into to mine, but we'll they may. get there. I'm just, you never know. They may. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping. I'm praying. But she acts exactly like me. And my mom is, an, is a testament to this. She's like, that girl has your temperament. She has your like drive. She like your everything. Fire. She just is me. Yeah, she is me, right? And it's funny because she's two, but she's very, very intelligent. And like, I know everybody says that about their kid, but like she really, really is. But to the point where like, I'm, I have to stop myself. I'm like, I'm literally arguing with the two-year-old right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I, there's, why am I negotiating with you? What I said is what you're going to do, right? So, uh, but I haven't had those experiences. However, I will say one of my best friends, I, I am the godmother of her children and she's white. And when I've been with them, I've been asked if I was the nanny. And my, and I always wonder, like, if I weren't black, would you have even asked me that? You know, Absolutely. and I know that they wouldn't have and I know that they wouldn't have. So I am per- fully prepared <laughs> to respond yeah. to people if they do say that <laughs> when I'm with Sienna. But I'm lucky that nobody has at this point. I think it's very obvious, at least when we're out, that I am her mother, just right. how we interact, how, you know, how I am with yes. her. But, um, yeah, I, I, I will not be surprised when it happens, but I will be prepared with the response. So how, how has that made you feel when you have been asked? I mean, again, these are your your godchildren and not your mm-hmm. actual child, or I should say, blood. So, how have you? How has that made you feel when you've been asked that question? I mean, it's just that automatic assumption that that people of color are always in help or service roles, right? right. Like, there's no scenario in a lot of people's minds that I'm just here with my best friend and her godchildren right. hanging out. Right. They think of me as like Aunt Melinda, right? Right. They know that I'm their godmother, right? And yes. But from the outside looking in, your automatic assumption is that I'm the nanny. But if you were to see a mid-30s white woman with two black children, you would automatically assume that she just adopted them. Not that she's the nanny, right? Right. Right. And and, and that's this implicit bias and this stereotypes and these thought process perceptions that we have to get out of because why wouldn't that be the case? Like if I decide to hire a babysitter and let's say that I happen to hire a white female babysitter, just be like, take Sienna to the park. You're not going to assume that that's a babysitter. That's just what it is. And it's unfortunate that that's how it is, but we have to get out of those assumptions. We just have to. I cannot agree more. Yeah. Especially as this, um, as our uh, dynamic continues to grow this 
the biracial community is growing daily. Yes. And it's good to have these conversations and talk about how did you navigate those conversations when you were asked? I didn't. I'm going to be honest. Um, it, 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 It took me a while to get to a place where I felt comfortable responding. And now I'm just like, screw it. Like if somebody says something to me, I'm just gonna be like, why, if I were white, would you say that to me? Like, I don't care about snapping back. I don't care what your thought is with me because the problem is, and I think a lot of just black people in general feel this way, but specifically black women, you go through this checklist and this process of like, okay, if I respond back with an attitude that I'm automatically going to be pinned as an angry black woman, I'm automatically going to have this target on my back of like, oh, she got so upset. And then I'm going to be gaslit and be like, well, I was just asking. It's not that serious. It was, you know, I, I was just wanting to know that and then they become the victim and all this stuff. Right. I'm okay. sure you've gone through yes. this too. And it's yes. just, it's, it's beyond frustrating. So you have to get to the point where, okay, I have to pick my battles. But at the same time, it's like, I should be allowed to respond that way. Because if you were to ask that to anybody else, they would be like, why would you think that? Da, da, da? Why yeah. would you think this? Well, you know, what gave you that, that, um, I don't even know the word I'm looking for because I'm already getting frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, no, what would I, give you I, that I idea agree. that I am in that, in that position? So it, it, anybody else doesn't have to think about what the consequence is going to be based on a normal human response. But we as black women specifically have to always question, weigh the pros and cons of any sort of response that we have for fear of being viewed a certain way. But I'm trying to get to the point now, you know, I'm 35, I'm just like, screw it. Like, I don't care what you think. What you said was offensive and I'm going to call you out on it. If that makes you now view me a certain way, then that is on you. That is not That is your me. choice. Absolutely. That is, right. That is your perception. So it's taken me a while to get here because before... You know, I joke that like also the the kind of sunken place, you know, if you've seen Get Out, but a kind of sunken place that a lot of black people get into is that freezing where you don't know how to respond because of that checklist you're going in your mind. Because you could either call somebody out and they hear you and they apologize or you call them out and then you become the problem automatically. Right. So, but now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, if I'm going to be the problem, I'm just going to be the problem. And then then, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And that's your problem, actually. Yeah, that's your problem. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I'm not going to not stand up for myself to make you, you know, just because it'll make you feel comfortable if I don't. Oh, I think, I think that is extremely important and something that Mm -hmm. a lot of people really need to be comfortable with. I am not entirely. I personally usually default to humor. Yes. Which Yeah, it's a defense. It's a defense. It's not it's not necessarily good, but I, that is that has how I've navigated tough situations in my life. I used to do that too and I get it. So don't fault yourself for that being your fallback because it is easier to get out of, but it the longer I'm, this is my advice to you. The longer you allow yourself to do that, the more debilitating it becomes. And it it does take time because I was there too. I I mean, I grew up around all of this, the microaggressions, the gaslighting, and we didn't have words for them. No, you know, then growing up, we didn't know what that was, and so I would always default to humor as well. And then as I got older, I like you know, you like wake up in the middle of the night like two a.m. You're like, wait a minute, like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like, wait a minute, that was like 15 
15 Hold years back. ago when so-and-so <laughs> said this to me, that's that what, you know what I mean? So I've had so many of those yeah. moments and epiphanies, but don't fault yourself for doing that because you also just want to get, probably get out of that situation and yeah. not even have to have a conversation about it because it's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. Was there a particular moment you 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 speak of your past, but now was that what happened in between that really shifted your your past and present? I think getting out of Santa Barbara and getting out of um, LA for a while. I'm back in LA now, but I think moving to New York and especially moving to Chicago that opened my eyes up a lot. Um, in terms of my worldview, in terms of realizing things about race, and then also just recapping a lot of things that my parents said that I'm like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Is that's there something in, in particular that you're you're thinking of when when I'm thinking about my parents? Yeah, I used to think so. I'm going to be very, very open and honest right now. Um, because we grew up around a lot of white people, I never understood. And my dad's from Mississippi, so okay. that should already tell you. Okay. He was born in 1944. Wow. The man's been through a lot, right? Wow. But he wasn't open about it. And he was, you know, I definitely think he has some PTSD from his time there. And, and that's completely warranted. But growing up, I used to think that my dad was racist towards white people because of all the things that he would say. Now I realize he was speaking from experience. Yes. That's crazy. And when I reflect back on the things that he said, that like it took a lot for him to fully trust any form of a white person. Like he loves my husband, right? But my husband clearly proved himself that he's on the up and up and he, he like he's right. he's there, right? Um but he might when my dad would just say certain things or like question, you know, my friend's parents, like, well, what do they think about, you know, you hit them hanging out with a black girl and blah, blah, blah. Like, why do you always have to bring this stuff up? Now I get it. Now I get it. That's, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing that I learned is that he wasn't saying that because he didn't like white people. He was saying that because white people never liked him. It was a, a defense protection. Absolutely. And he wanted to protect his children from ever having to experience the crap that he went through in the South. And it took me such a long time. It took me probably my early 20s when I when I left and, and, and graduated college because I did go um, to college um, about an hour away from home. So I still went home a lot. But mm-hmm. when I left and moved to New York and, 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 and just got out and had my own world experiences without my parents around me, I was just like, wow, this is exactly what he was talking about. So I'm grateful for it now. And and now, you know, using that, all the, the things that my parents told me growing up, it definitely going to prep Sienna in a way that arms her with tools, but doesn't make her want to live in fear of the things happening. Just, just awareness, right? Right. And if anything ever happens to her without her being aware and she comes home, I'm like, okay, well, this is how we're going to deal with it. But I'm so grateful now for that because my dad especially, but my parents just were trying to protect me and my sister Absolutely. And, and put us in a position on how to handle it and deal with it. Because obviously his, you know, my friend's parents at that time were maybe a little younger than him because my dad's a little older, but still grew up around the same time, Right. right. So he has no idea 
what those parents are teaching those kids. Yeah. There's no way to know. There is and no that's way to what know. he had fear of. Like, I don't want you hanging around kids whose parents might be telling you negative things about black people. And, and I, I can give another example of my sister. She made friends with um, a, a white girl because we were obviously in a predominantly white neighborhood and they became really good friends. And that girl gave my sister one of those um, half best friend yes, necklaces. the hearts. Right? Yeah. Her mom made her take it back from her because she said she was like, what? No. Yeah. Because my sister was black and my sister was heartbroken and didn't understand. And that was one of the things, you know, my parents sit down with her, tell her about, you know, explain to her, you know, some people don't like you because of the color of your skin. And obviously when you're like nine, you don't understand fully like, well, why? Right. And that little girl and up until that point didn't know there was anything wrong with being friends with someone of a different color until she had a black best friend. And then the mom was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you can go to school with them, but, like, you're not going to be best friends with her. Well, I'm sure that that scenario, that situation, had fueled your dad. And and 100% to see if, if my daughter came home with that story, it would make me want to protect my children more. So I'm sure that one experience really lit a fire under him to want to protect you further. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know it's, it's, it's heartbreaking thinking about a lot of that stuff. Um, in, 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 I try not to harbor it and hold on to it, you know, because um, forgiveness obviously is for, for you as a person. Right. You, you know, you have to accept apologies you're never going to get. <laughs> you yes. just have to. That's just that's just human nature. So, um, yeah, as much as I can, I would love to protect Sienna from those type of situations. Um, but the one thing I am glad didn't happen because my dad would have called that parent. But my mom was like, don't. <laughs> Don't call the parent. Don't do Let's it. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, I mean, my dad was ready to fight, right? And oh, that's absolutely. fine. And I get it, right? Right. But you do, again, have to pick your battles. You have to pick absolutely. your battles. And that just wasn't. Comfort your daughter. Yes. Tell her how to you, deal with it. That is what you on. can yeah. control. A lot of it is mm-hmm. recognizing what you can and can't control in a yeah, situation. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'm very curious what what steps you have or what you're teaching, Sienna, about how to navigate potential without, of course, I'm sure you're not, you know, instilling fear in her, but what mm-hmm. tools are you prepared to or have you put in place to help her navigate <clears throat> life? You know, I, I haven't yet. I mean, she's two, she's right? Two. Yeah. So all the books, though, that we have and dolls that we have yeah. and toys all different races of people fully. And that's where I'm starting. And that's what I just want her, like I said before, to just view as normal. Like I don't call it diversity. And she hasn't even really said anything even about her mom and her dad being a different color because she's seen so many different people of different races. It's just normal to her, right? So it's just life. And that's, and that's how I want to present it. I think with her, I think we'll just have to take it 
as it comes because sadly it is inevitable. There are always going to be people that have opinions and that have, you know, racial biases and racial rhetoric that they use and that they teach their children. Like that's just inevitable and it's a shame, but as much as we're trying to eradicate it, it's, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And I I think it will um, diminish, but I don't think we're going to eradicate it completely. But I think, for me, I'm just going to take it as as it comes and um, deal with it in the best way possible and just try to emulate everything that my mom and my dad did. Um, more my mom, because my mom was a little bit more gentle. God bless my dad. I love him. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's a little bit more intense. <laughs> oh, my mom was an educator, so she was very, very gentle with, with how yes. she approached things and yes. with her educating. But, I, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things that as, as it happens, we'll, we'll just have to deal with it head on, but I'm very, very prepared to, but again, I've just been exposing her to all walks of life, um, the whole spectrum so that as she goes into school, you know, she start preschool and she goes into kindergarten, it will be completely normal for her to see people of other races. Good for you. I think that is so important. It's, it's funny, uh, about it was the beginning of the school year. My my children are seven and two five year olds, and I live in a very small community. And I don't know what it was, but at the beginning of the school year, as my daughter entered first grade, I told her, "If people ask you why your skin is darker, just say it. it's because you have more melanin." And that was me, beautiful, yeah, protecting her from. Mm-hmm wait, what? Wait, your what? Your, you know, yeah. what does your hair feel like? What is your, yeah. is your skin dry? You know, these are questions that I was faced with. And it was, it was a little bit of a de- defense mechanism, but at the same time, I'm like, it really shouldn't matter. Yeah. Especially yeah. as we, you know, as time progresses, we're all of mixed race. Yes. Yes. So it shouldn't matter. So would you prefer your daughter clarify or would you prefer her to navigate life just saying, I am human? We're all part of the same. That's race. a great question. That's a great question. I mean, it, it, it it's hard to answer because on one hand, I think the makeup of a human being is beautiful. So we should be proud to say what our ethnicity and races are. You know, I don't think that there should be an issue of like, I think the problem lies in the questioning. I agree with you. And the, you know what I mean? It's when you ask like, what are you? That's weird. Yes. But hey, what's your ethnicity? That's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's your, what's your heritage? Yes. What's your racial background? That's different. That is what very are you? different. I'm human is what I am. That is. You know, and that's what that's what bothers me. And I have a lot of, you know, friends that are, are biracial. I have a lot of friends that are in interracial relationships. And we have these conversations all the time, but it's the problem is in the questioning. I you can be not curious. Agree more. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I from my own life experience, it, it that is also how the it, that's the answer you get is if you come up to me and you ask me what are you i'm going to give you a more defensive more smart ass response absolutely but if you ask me in a polite way i i'm going to be a lot more open absolutely 
Absolutely. A lifetime of being questioned has often made me feel like I'm a science experiment. Yes. And that I can is only imagine. really hard. It, it's hard to navigate, especially as a young child. Um, my, my parents, we really didn't talk about race in my household very much. It just, it just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I had to figure out how to navigate on my own, and it was tough. Um, but truthfully, it is all in the approach. And humans yeah. are naturally very curious people. Absolutely. And I Absolutely. think that is always fueled by wanting to understand. But it, but it is, there are manners. <laughs> yes, yes. You need to have your manners. Yes, it's when, not what you say or what you ask. It's all how you say it and how exactly. you ask it. It's all about that. Absolutely. Yeah. People are very tactless sometimes. They, truthfully, they are. And that is, much like you, something that I, I, I don't want my children to experience the negative. Yeah, yeah. At all. <laughs> we, that's not what we I'm want with for you. our babies in any I know. facet. I'm with you. We don't even want our children to get a paper cut. Like, it's weird, like, when you become a parent, how much you fully understand why you thought your parents were crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, but I used to think, I'm like, God, you guys worry so much. There's not a day that I'm not worried about my child and she's literally in the living room. Like, I'm just always thinking about her it's, like she's at my parents house right now and i'm just like oh my god what is she doing is she yes. okay is she gonna sleep she she gonna, like <laughs> does she miss me right oh my gosh and like i i'm fully not ready for when she actually starts school um yeah it, i'm it, not ready it's for that. an amazing experience <laughs> but i will i will tell you there will be situations that you're just not prepared for no matter oh, no matter yeah. what but i think that you have a beautiful foundation of from which you Thank are you. raising your child from that you, she's she's very lucky. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. She's 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 incredible. I'm very lucky to be her mom. <laughs> yes. I did want to ask you a little bit more about your husband and his perspective. I mean, I I know you can't entirely speak for him. Mm-hmm. Has your your husband is there anything in particular that he does on a regular basis to expose her to diversity or difference in cultures? I mean, it's in the things that I buy. I mean, I love my husband. God bless him. But he totally just lets me lead. Like. <laughs> Um, I think it's also just kind of like the man thing where they're like, whatever you think, like, like, like that. It's almost like that strategic incompetence. And I'm like, come on, man. Um, But yeah, I mean, whatever. Honestly, he just lets me lead and he he just loves that he can see the relationship between her and my mom. Like my mom is a huge influence in her life and I'm so grateful they live down the street. Like they're That's she's amazing. best friends with them. My my parents, um, you know, his family is is all dispersed but in the Midwest and the South. And um they don't get to see her as often. But he's yeah, he just he just lets me lead and he knows that I'm just gonna do a good job. And he's a great dad. They have such a great relationship. But in terms of diversity and all that stuff, he just whatever books I buy, yep. whatever yep. things I say she's gonna do, that's what he's gonna do too. So. <laughs> I love it. I think that's that's 
That is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially because these are things that you talked about prior. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. It is. It is. We very, really good relationship, very strong understanding just in what I want for her and how I want her to grow up. And he's just fully on board. Good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. And I ask everybody this. And I love the answers. Um, <laughs> what is the legacy that you would like to leave behind? Oh, man. Whew. That's that's a great question. Um, it is because I'm like in that place in my life, too, just with like my career and everything moving forward. And people joke when I say this, but I'll give a little background. So I've always been a singer. That's been my my main thing. I've always been a musician, touring, performing, recording records, Hello. opening for superstars and stuff. And when I got pregnant... Um, I didn't know I was pregnant at the time, but there was something put on my heart to take a step back from performing. And I just thought, I was like, I just want to know who I am outside of music. Music has been my whole identity for the last 10 years. And like, I haven't gotten where I want to in, in terms of notoriety, but I've definitely made a name for myself, won awards, I've traveled, I've toured, I've fans and all that stuff. And I've made a full-time living with music and it's been wonderful. It's been definitely a blessing, but something's telling me to, to take a step back. Literally a week later, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, okay, God, it's funny. Ha, ha, ha. No, right? Like all, all worked out. And now that I've been a mom for the last two years, it's the difference of before wanting to like be Beyonce. And now I'm like, I want to be, I want to have an impact like Oprah. And, and I say that because what has been my platform lately in addition to music has really been around having conversations like this and making sure that people um, are educated, not afraid to talk and not afraid to ask questions and presenting things with a very um, compassionate way and with a lot of empathy And my whole motto, like with my podcast and the projects that I've done, is that everything begins with the conversation. So if I can leave behind a legacy, not just for my daughter, but for everybody to know me as as a person that helped facilitate meaningful conversation that allowed people to change their perspectives and have more empathy for others that aren't like them, then I fulfilled my purpose on earth. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And that is so powerful. And keep doing what you're doing in every facet of your life. It shows, it shines through. And it has been such a pleasure to get to know you. Yes, you too. Thank you for sharing everything that you have. Of course. Thank you for having me. I love chatting with you. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We want to be here for you, and we can't do what we're doing without your support. Please hit subscribe, and to stay up to date, head on over to mixmovement.com. That's M-I-X-D-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com to stay up to date with news and more. We are the Mixed Movement. See you next time.